Hallelujah. This is Grace Life Komi Podcast coming to you under the umbrella of Chimde Honor Ministry International. You are welcome to this episode. May you be blessed as you listen. God bless you. word explosion basically it's um, a fellowship and a depth of interaction with the word of God um, we just want to know more of God's word we want to get into God's word more it's strictly a fellowship with the word of God amen to Jesus amen. and our word explosion for um, this um, month of April it's um, tagged um, um, the word was made flesh praise God forevermore so we're going to be studying um, by the grace of God from the book of John John chapter 1 starting off from verse 1 it's going to be an interaction with the word of God like we said so we are not rushing anywhere we are not um, trying to keep up with the syllabus we are just flowing with the word of God and I believe that we're going to be learning quite a lot from word explosion now in doing this we are going to be getting into details by the help of the Holy Spirit um, we're going to be using various translations to get clarity the purpose of this is to get clarity praise God forevermore Hallelujah. and um, 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 we're going to be using um, a, a, trans, a, a Bible translation which happens to be um, the New Testament with um, 26 translations Wow that's wonderful and um, um, with this I believe we're going to get a broad spectrum of, um, of an understanding of God's word praise God forevermore um, and now um, for, for purpose of understanding now this 26 translation um, the basis of this translation is the King James amen to Jesus amen. now so the King James version is the base for this work this 26 translation and it is the only translation which is quoted in its entirety so basically our basic um, um, translation we're using is the King James translation many of us know about the King version i am a king james boy amen to jesus i grew the king james i still love the king james i still buy the king james i'm still addicted to the king james i have hard copy of the king james amen to jesus um so i, I love the king james i because I, I, I grew with it now other translations are included only when they differ significantly from the king james so we are going to be looking at us put up other translations here and they will be used when they um, have a significant difference from the King James. But if they don't have a significant difference from the King James, then you discover that will not bring them up. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Um, so um, sometimes only a few words of a given translation of a single passage require quotation. Why? Because that's the only, you know, um, place of difference with the King James. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. But if there is no difference, then um, it, it will not be brought up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's one thing you, you note in this study we're going to be having. Praise God forevermore. Now, another thing I also want us to note is that um, um, the, 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 the reader uh, will observe that the translators at times differ sharply in their renderings of the same passage yeah i believe some people must have had such a challenge say um, i pick up this um, version and it's the, the, the rendering is kind of different i pick up this version the rendering is kind of different. no it's not that the scriptures are contradicting each other are we together we're going to know the reason for that and um often this simply indicates a difference of opinion in their understanding of the meaning of the original text are you get what i'm saying now so usually we when um translators um translate they, they translate based on their meaning of the original text now even if you go to the original greek you discover that there are different greek writers we have Taya. i usually use Taya, but there are others are you get what i'm saying and they all translate based on their meanings of the original text when you go to the hebrew you have brown 
there um, um, he's also um, a translator and you get what I'm saying and these all translate based on your understanding and you see um, we don't we don't have clash with them because of their understanding are we together uh, we are just to get the best out of it why is this so let's look at first Corinthians chapter 12 chapter 13 sorry verse um, 12 and then verse 9 let's read it please okay so first Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12 says for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now I know in part but then shall I know even as also I am known and verse 9 says for we know in part and we prophesy in part beautiful that explains it all we see through a dark glass. You know, this Apostle Paul speaking here, one of the great authorities in scriptures, I get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He's speaking here and he's saying, we see through a dark glass. And we know in parts. So when translators translate on the basis of their dark glass, you don't fight them. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You try to get the best. When they translate based on the path they know, you don't fight them. You try to get the best. And, and, and when we, and Apostle Paul also says, we prophesy in parts. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So that's one of the problems I have when I see that people are fighting over scripture. My brother, my sister, no matter what you know, it's still a dark glass you are seeing from. So long as we are still in this human trend, it says when that which is perfect is come. That means it says, and then it says when we go to be with him, we shall know what? In totality. So, so long as we are in this human flesh, we are limited by the dark glass of our human flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? And our human mind, the Holy Spirit releases everything to our spirit, but our human mind receives gradually. That's the reason why you may get an understanding to scriptures today. And another three years from now, the understanding broadens. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, because our reception is from the perspective of the dark glass. And that's why we are not to fight ourselves in the, in, in, in the church. Praise God forevermore. Our, past, our, our prophes, prophesying is what? In parts. We will never prophesy in full. We only prophesy in full when we go to be with the Lord Jesus. Praise God forevermore. And let's look at another uh, verse of scripture. Proverbs 25 verse 2. And Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. You see that? Is the glory of God to do what? Conceal, conceal a thing. thing. You see, scriptures have been concealed by God and it is his glory. And that, that, that's why you can't just pick it up as a newspaper or an article and think that you can get the same out of it. No. Just as, you know, being inspired from God. Yeah. It can't be the same because yeah. it's, 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 it's a concealed article. Let exactly. me use that, that term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so that's one thing we need to come to scriptures with. It's concealed. And, and um, God, I, why does God conceal it? conceal it? Because that's what makes him glorious. Yeah. That's what makes him glorious. Mm, it's the glory of God the to glory conceal, of God to conceal thing. the thing. That's what makes him glorious. He has concealed everything. Now, like somebody once said, he said, man does not invent anything. Man only discovers. Mm. What does it mean to discover? This means to own. To neg- this is negative. So to discover means it was covered and you now do what? Uncover it. Says the glory of God to conceal a thing and the honor of kings to do what? Search it out. So the more we search, what happens? We attain kingship. The Bible says you are kings and priests. And <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So it's, it, some of the time we just like to pick this scripture, we are kings and priests. You know, it's not something you get excited about. It's something you work to become your reality. 
To manifest kingship means to what? To search out scriptures. Search out scriptures. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So we understand this. Amen to you. So they, 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 they all, um, the difference in opinion is their understanding of the meaning of the original text. And we don't fight them for that. Praise God forevermore. We appreciate the work they have done. Are <laughs> we together? Yeah. And we build on it. Amen. In other cases, however, a difference may be accounted for by the fact that the translators were not rendering the same text. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. So when they are not rendering the same text, amen, when they are not translating the same text, then there could be a little, you know, let me use the word, um, variance, but it doesn't mean a discrepancy. For example, Monsignor Ronald Knox, some of us have heard about the Knox translation, it's a beautiful translation. Monsignor Ronald Knox version um, is based on the Latin Vulgate. The Latin Vulgate, Latin Vulgate, that kind of the vernacular Latin. I know the Bible was um, was was uh, was um, basically the, the Jesus spoke Aramaic, uh, which is vernacular Greek, so that if his listeners could listen to him. Um, the, 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 the apostles spoke Greek. Um, so vernacular, sorry, um, um, uh, Aramaic is vernacular Hebrew. Amen to Jesus. So his his listeners could understand him perfectly, and the the disciples were all Greek. They were all Jews. So they either spoke Hebrew or they spoke what? Aramaic also. Are we together? For somebody like Peter who was an illiterate, should have expected that he was speaking Aramaic. Is that not so? Praise God forevermore. Yeah, because he was an illiterate. Praise the Lord. Alright. So now, um, 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 Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament basically Aramaic Hebrew, but had his first translation into Greek. Amen to Jesus. And then next was Latin. And then King James came from Latin. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now John Knox went took from latin and you get what i'm saying which was a beautiful place to translate from and then also um george n lamsa translated the aramaic text so straight from aramaic lamsa took are you get what i'm saying now you can see the, the, where they translated from now all other versions are based on greek text you see that okay now but at times the greek manuscript themselves show significant variations that's why you see um the, the most reliable remains the Aramaic, are we together? Yeah, the Aramaic, the Hebrew, are we together? That they are kind of they are, they are the most reliable. Now, but you see, everybody translated based on the material he had available to him. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and for these ones to do their translations, we must give them kudos. Exactly. We must. <laughs> you see, they, they actually lived translating. Um, the likes of uh, uh, Martin Luther translated um, a Latin into English and the other didn't live this life translating. translating imagine translating how many books and you have to be scholarly to do this work because you have to check and cross-check you have to know what they call um, um, translation errors and avoid them for example one word may mean two different things let me give an example in my language Igbo language the word okun it means fire and it also means light but it it is used in different contexts so now for you to translate perfectly you have to know the context in which oku is used so you can use it rightly exactly so this was the tedious work these men did and we owe it to them we give them kudos for the great work they did they did not some of them they didn't have the pleasure of shouting and preaching like we shout and preach today some of them didn't have the pleasure of even you know doing the miraculous like we do today what i talk about the likes of weekly the likes of tyndale these men they didn't have the pleasure of let me use the word getting the benefits of let me call ministry that we do today 
their life was sold out to what? Getting these scriptures available to us. So we would be doing ourselves a disfavor to fight the great job they have done. It is the spirit of harm that does that. We are meant to appreciate what they have done. Are we together? And make the best of it. Now, in looking at this situation of, you know, they translating based on the materials they had available to them, where this is so, each translator must decide for himself which reading is nearest the original. Praise God forevermore. Now, Henry Halford, Henry Halford said this. He said, a translator of Holy Scripture must be absolutely colorless. You must have, when you mean the word colorless, it means you must have a plain heart, a plain conscience. No, that means what? A transparent um, mind. I call it the umbrella, sorry, they call it the umbrella mind. An open mind. Are we together? Yeah. And he says, he must be ready to sacrifice the choicest text. It's not about, I like this translation, I like, no. He must be ready to sacrifice the choicest text and the plainest proof of doctrine. If the words are not those of which he is constrained in his conscience to receive as God's testimony. I get what I'm saying. So now you must come with an open mind, a plain mind, depending on the Holy Spirit to get what is right. That is why some of the time when I'm preparing the teaching, some of the time I already have a preconceived notion or a preconceived idea before I go into preparation. And I begin to search scriptures and begin to compare and i see that what i thought of is not what scriptures is saying especially especially when the, the verse comes to you without you actually having a good grasp of the context exactly or in which the verse was used and then by the time you come in and you find out that oh the context i actually want to use this verse is not going to fit in it's yeah. not going to it be a misplaced you know um use of scripture to be a con, con yeah. out so, of context so it's at that time you are going to have a fight to yeah. either submit to the holy spirit's yeah. interpretation or you know your your emotions or your ha. okay so whenever i come to that place i always submit to the holy spirit i drop and i dump and i instantly throw away my preconceived you know no um idea or ideology it happened to me i was preparing the teaching and i saw it and i saw i'd already written and written and when i went i'd already written and when I went to the verse of scripture, I saw that, man, this thing is not it. You know what? That teaching, how many years ago, that teaching has not been completed today. <laughs> because I won't, I won't play down on the work of the Holy Spirit because I want to prepare what may sound exciting to people. That remains my basis of scriptures. And I believe that should be our basis of scripture. If we do this, we would appreciate the work done by those before us and then depend on the Holy Spirit to get broader and better understanding on the work that they have done. Why must we do this? Because we all see in a dark glass. We know in parts. We prophesy in parts. Let's make the most of the parts we have. Let's make the most of the dark glass we can see so that when we get there, we'll be glad that at least we made the most of what we had and we'll get the perfect understanding. That is the basis of, you know, what explosion this month. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. We give God thanks and praise for His goodness and His mercy. We celebrate God for another opportunity to share fellowship and to know more of God's word. And this is word explosion 2022. And these are eight days. We thank God for how He has helped us um, thus far. 
and we give him the praise and glory we trust him for another time of revelation and insight in the name of jesus Amen. holy spirit we ask for revelation into your word we ask for insight into your word in the name of jesus Amen. all right we're continuing um on john chapter one and um we're looking at the sixth verse in this episode amen amen all right um this, uh, this, the king james version says there was a man sent from god there was a man sent from god all right um looking at the king james i'm going to be looking at um, um this particular phrase broken down into three parts number one there was a man first thing is that he was a man amen to jesus yes number two he was sent and number three he was from god there was a man sent from God. First, he was a man. Second, he was sent. Third, he was from God. Now, so, um, it was a man makes us understand that God sent a man because this plane is for men. The earth plane is for men. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Now, um, spirits don't live on this plane. For spirits to live on this plane, they have to occupy a human body for them to live. Why is this so? And it's so because God created the earth for man. And reading through Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 25, we discover that, you know, God began, um, from verse 3, began creating, um, and everything he created was because of the man he wanted to create in verse 26 and 27. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So, just the same way um, parents prepare the room for the child they want to give birth to, same way God prepared the earth for the man, his brainchild, he wanted to create, praise God forevermore. So the earth was actually created for men. The Bible says the heaven is the Lord and the earth has he given to the sons of men. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, furthermore, God created man to take charge of the earth and um, um, and also to take charge of lesser creatures. We, we understood that in our last episode, that man is not meant to take charge of fellow man. Man is to take charge of what? Um, lesser creatures to so take charge of the earth, take charge of what that's, that's to be in control, yeah, dominate, dominate and subdue the earth and lesser creatures. Praise God forevermore. And uh, we saw this in um, um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. In the blessing, let's read verse 28 so at least we get something from Genesis. Okay, so Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, um. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. All right, so we see that God created the earth and um, gave it to man, and then put man in the earth and told man to have dominion over the earth that was the constant of blessing the blessing was actually the empowerment to dominate and to subdue praise god forevermore now so for god um if you we, we have done studies before making us understand that god is the supreme being who had to um, um, um create the earth and um, the supreme ruler who created the earth and made it a colony amen, amen. for his um, representative called man adam to be in charge of praise the Lord forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so that means that God lives in the heavens and then he needed his extension here on earth. And um, God um, needs man on earth to carry out his leadership on earth. Are we together? That means God cannot do anything on earth without a man. God cannot do anything on earth without a man. The place of man is very important 
in the agenda of God here on earth. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so this is very important for us, and we must understand this. This makes us know how important we are in the agenda of God, but it doesn't make us proud also. And because if you become proud because God needs a man, he always has substitutes. Um, Elijah was not proud, he was overpassionate, and he said, I'm the only one left. And God told him, Hey, wait, I have over 7,000 men who have not bowed their heads to bow or kiss bow. That's to tell you that God always has substitutes. He needs a man, but he always has substitutes. Same way in every, in, every, in every game, they are meant to be substitute in case a man goes down. The same way God has substitutes, praise God forevermore. And he told the people, uh, told the Israelites, when he was doing triumphant entrance, the were praising and they were stopping for praising, stopping them for praising. He said, if they do not praise him, we raise up stones to praise him. God always has what? Substitute, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. And God needs a man very important. He needs a man, though he has substitutes. And his the need for a man on earth to carry out the agenda makes us understand why he sought for a man and he will always seek for a man. He sought for a man and will always seek for a man. Ezekiel 22, 22 verse 30. Ezekiel 22 verse 30 says um, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found no alright you see so God sought for a man and he still seeks for men amen to Jesus he still seeks for men praise God forevermore now why does, why, why does he do that because he doesn't send spirits to carry out his agenda on earth yeah, um, he might send spirits to 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 give the information of his agenda, but they don't carry his agenda. Example: When Mary was to be conceived of a child, what happened? This uh, angel, the Michael, uh, the angel Gabriel came and told her, "Amen to Jesus Amen. about what was going to happen." Now, when Jesus was born, angels came and told the wise men about what was going to happen. Praise God! What had happened? Sorry. Now, but still, it was Jesus, the man. Oh. <laughs> that carried out the agenda. Yeah. So angels don't carry out the agendas of God. He doesn't send angels to carry out his agenda. Only men he sends to carry out his agenda. And then man in return sends spirits to help them carry out their God-given agenda on it. That's the way it operates. Now God sends men to carry out his agenda. And then men send angels who are spirits to assist them in carrying out this agenda. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. Hebrews 1 um, 13 to 14 says, But to which of the angels said he at, the, at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. And verse 14 says, Are they not all ministry spirits? set forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation beautiful so at, at, at no point in time did god send you know tell an angel that i'm making your enemies your first no at no point in time these angels according to scriptures are set forth 
to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. Exactly. In, in fact, it also amazed you that when Lucifer um, did the coup in heaven, mm. when there was a war and God and the Father sent um, and Michael, uh, Michael and his host went against Lucifer. God did not even tell them, I've made Lucifer your footstool. It was only in them to win and they won. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, but the footstool thing is only for <laughs> Jesus. God made man. God made flesh. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? Because that right is only for somebody who has enjoyed 100% humanity and though he's 100% divinity. Are we together? Yeah. Alright. So, angels are sent by heirs of salvation, which we are. And then God sends us. God doesn't send angels. That's the reason why you cannot tell God, you cannot ask the Lord to send an angel for you. Mm. No, you don't do that. It's not done. That's a wrong prayer. Mm. You don't ask the Lord to send an angel for you. No. If you want to send an angel, you send them. God has given you the authority to send them. Are you get what I'm saying? If you want them to do a task for you, you send them. You place them on demand. They go. They carry out the task. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But you don't tell God, please help me send angels. No, 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 no. To do your task for you. No, 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 no. If he's sending them, maybe it's for an information. Daniel, when Daniel prayed, he sent an angel to give Daniel the information. But Daniel still had to carry out the purpose of God. Yes. The agenda. You get what I'm saying? He sends them for information and every other. When it even has to do with warfare, Jesus speaking, he said, um, he said, he told, when he told Palestine, I can, I, I can put that, lay down my life and pick it up. He said, I can tell my father to send a, 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 a battalion of angels, but I, I'm not going to do that. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, when, when it comes to warfare, even Jesus said that he could tell the father to send a battalion of angels because the new creation has not been born. Are you get what I'm saying? But now when it comes to warfare, you don't tell the father to send the battalion of angels. You send them. Jesus was living and he said, I give unto you power. Then he, if, he, if he wanted to ask for angels, then he should have asked from the father because the authority of the new creation had not been born yet. But now that the new creation has been born, he has delegated that power. So when you want to release, when you want angels to go to war, you don't tell father, please, um, father, please release five angels for me. No, no. You, they are your beck and call. You send them to work. You send them to work. The father, to execute your assignment on earth, the father has no business with angels for your assignment, for the assignment he gave to you. You are the one who has business with angels. The father has business with you. Let's take it this way. You are his sent one, and then the angels are your own, your own sent ones. Yeah. yeah. So you report to him, and angels report to you. You don't break, you don't jump over the rank and tell angel, okay, please report to the father. No, it's not done like that. That is why we only have one mediator. Yeah. Angels cannot be our mediators. No, no, no. no. Only Christ Jesus can be our mediator. Yeah, yeah. So anything that we must tell the Father, it has to be through Jesus. Yeah. Only Him understands. Yeah. Only. So we don't, we don't, we don't work with it. We don't use depend, the, on depend on angels. Depend on angels to the Father. Angels are ministering spirits. Now, when you lump up the whole of um, the heavenly beings, including angels, we are next in command. Yeah, but um, angels are now our ministering spirits, mm -hmm. so we have to send them for the God given tax. Now, if the tax we are sending to the does not have anything to do with your God given tax, sorry, it's not going to work. 
Exactly. And that's some Christians here. But when you tell people that angels are angels, they are not like uh, in, they are not just servants. No. You know, they are not servants. No, they are. They are. They are. They are ministers. Ministers are servants. But within their responsibilities, there's a there's a restriction. Okay. So let, let me let me use. Let's go to the Hebrew word for ministry. Okay. Uh, the Hebrew word, the Greek word for ministry in the scripture in Hebrews chapter one is um, liturgicos. Okay, yeah. and it says relating to the performance of service yeah. employed in ministry. Yeah. So that's why I use the word servants in our own context. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yes, servants, we use servants in the kingdom of God, but um, not the errant kind of servants we have in our own world. You yeah. know, yeah. when he doesn't want the servants, that means he does everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah. uh, if you, he can even do spiritual work for you. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. When we say servants, because sometimes you use them to go and go to mountain to pray for you. Yeah. But why you have some you send you, you do they go to the market for you they still come back they take care of your kids they still come back they teach your kids they help them with the assignments you know they do all sorts no hey this ministry angels are their focus let me use that word they are focused and their service is performance based okay they, they, there's what they have been sent to do for the heirs of salvation and it has to be in line with, with your God giving purpose, yeah. purpose. If it is outside the God giving purpose and tax, mm. you're going to command them, they're not going to go. Mm. That's the truth. You hear some people say, ah, angels really, do they really work? Do they exist? And every other. Uh, why is that uh, angels don't obey my command? The question is, what are you commanding them to do? You can't give an angel a command that is outside your God giving purpose and it's going to be no, it doesn't work. Mm. It won't work. Because they are only meant to carry out tasks that are within the context. So, so if we look at the easy English version of this uh, scripture, I don't know if you, you, you are going to use easy English to discuss it. No, I'm not getting Okay, it. so easy English says, all the angels are spirits who are only God's servants. Okay? So yes, only God's servants. And that is why they only perform works that are in line with God's purpose and plan. Yeah. You know, the beeper say he sends them to help all those people he will save. So still, we're talking about hells of salvation. Yeah, yeah. So they are assigned to only God's tax. You don't just wake up and say, angels, I want to eat a burger today. Go and bring burger for me. You know, no, no. you are outside of the will. Yeah, yeah. You are outside of their scope. Yeah. So it's yeah. not their yeah. business. They are, they are, they are, like I like the way the Indian we print it. They are God's servants. Mm. But he now assigns them to, let me use, let me use a little word in um, real estate, sublet. Exactly. Sublet. They are servants so, sublet to, to heirs of salvation. Exactly. They are originally servants of God. Just like mm -hmm. a building is um, rented and then the person who rents it now rents it for the out. They are originally um, God's servant, they are God's servant, but God now let me use the he sublets them to us for his own purpose. Mm. So if we if, if we're not using them for his purpose, they remain dormant. Mm. And the reason why a lot of people, a lot of Christians are angels are dormant because we are not using them for God's purpose. We are sending and that's them still on. because we are not focused on God's, God's purpose. purpose. Some of us don't even know God's purpose for our life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We send them on different different things. I'm not against some of the prayers we pray, but you know. You just need to know that this is how they work. <laughs> know that the way they work. They have motors of Arandi. If you don't know it, you're gonna have problems. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Now so um the, so this also makes us understand that every messenger of God on earth, aside Jesus, who while on earth was fully God and fully man, is a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? Every messenger of God on earth is a man. While we're staying on this man thing, if there's something that is not important, it will not come out. See, there was a man, a man sent by God. You have just said there was 
somebody sent by God was a servant of God, was a messenger of God. See, this was a man. So the man, some man, so that there is a very important here. You know, Jesus is the only um, what they call it um, messenger of the Father. That let me use the word was hundred percent God, hundred percent man. John chapter one verse one. John 1 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And the word was God. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That speaks of him being full content God. He didn't say dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead spiritually. No, he said what? Bodily. That speaks of full deity in humanity. If he had said, We, in us dwells the fullness of the Godhead spiritually. Our spirit man is one with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Our spirit man is interwoven with the Holy Spirit when we get born again. So that the fullness of the Godhead is in our spirit man. But for Jesus, it was body. He was, you see, he was um, Adam was a perfect man. He was neither mortal nor immortal. You get what I'm saying? Jesus was Jesus was 100 percent God. 100% man. Are you get what I'm saying? He had a touch of the perfect man also. Are we together? So 100% God, 100% man. Praise God forevermore. And then um, at the same time, he was 100% God and then he was 100% man. Um, um, taking a, a look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. If you take a look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, we get to see his man perspective. And that is in, in the genealogy. You see, Matthew rendered Jesus as the son of man. Amen to Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 1. Yeah. The book of the gen- generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Beautiful. You see? So he rendered him as the son of what? Man. The son of David and the son of Abraham. So Jesus in this perfect blend. Amen to Jesus. 100% God, 100% man. It's called the hypostatic union. And I'm also called the Pentecost. He needed this perfect um, union to be able to carry out his agenda here on earth. But aside Jesus, every other man on earth is a man. Yes, full, uh, in, the, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead spiritually, in every other messenger of God. Only Jesus had it, but bodily, full bodily. It is he um test, talking about the power of the world to come. Um there's a taste of it we are experiencing now, but it's not the twenty four seven thing. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but Jesus had the twenty four seven. You get what I'm saying? Twenty four seven. Alright, so um every messenger of God is a man. We must come to understand that. Now this understanding will make the messenger humble himself. That's that's why you it's first for the messenger before for um, at least some of them some some of the, um, some listeners will begin to say, Yeah, they are all men, they are all men, you know, and they are flawed, they are they are, they are. when you hear people say um, messengers of God, ministers of God are all men yeah. and the first thing that tends to come to our mind is they are all flawed, yeah. we all make mistakes. No, the first um, understanding of we being men is not for the excuse of mistake mm. or the excuse of flaws. The first purpose of this understanding is for us to humble ourselves. Mm. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's for us to humble ourselves. That's the first purpose of this understanding. For us to humble, humble ourselves. So um, it's important we know this. Now, um, this was what John the Baptist understood, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. He understood it, and that's why he humbled himself. If you look at um, John chapter 1, 
are reading from verse 21 to 23, and then 25 to 27. John 1, 4. Okay, so verse 24 says, and 21 to 23. Oh, sorry. 21 says, and this, they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Verse 22. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Okay, now 25-27. You see, it's 25 says, And they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that, that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. 27. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. You see, before we get to 3 verse 30, you can see something here. They were all trying to ask John his identity. But one thing came up and he kept telling them who is not mm. and who is. Now, knowing your real identity is the first sign of humility. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Knowing your real identity is the first sign of humility. It's the first manifestation of humility. Most of the time, Christians, we don't even know our real identity. We don't know our real identity. And most of the time, some of not many most of the time, some of the times don't have a real identity. Some other times we want to be another identity. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We want to be another identity. That, that's you see, identity crisis has a lot of strong roots in the church today. You see, um, mentorship does not mean losing your identity. It means learning from your mentor to those who are ahead of you, those who are ahead of you to be able to develop your own identity. Mm. And no matter how you like take it, um, your mentor does not have everything to offer you. It's only a part he has to offer you. Maybe you may want to look at mentorship in his finances. You want to look at you want to take mentorship from him in his finances. Maybe in his career. Maybe in what else again? Um, his marriage. Uh, marriage, whatever. You know, he doesn't have everything to offer you. He may be a wonderful mentor in marriage, but maybe not a very wonderful mentor. In finances, no mentor has everything to offer. The only mentor that has everything to offer, the only person that has everything to offer is Jesus. So the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Yeah, that's the person that has everything to offer. He's the perfect example. I get what I'm saying. So, um, knowing your identity is very important. John knew his identity. Are you the prophet? No, I'm not. Are you Elijah? I am not. Though he came in the spirit of Elijah, when I told them, I'm not still Elijah. I'm John with the spirit of Elijah. I know who I am. I know my identity. And then who are you? Say, I'm the voice of him. I'm the voice. I'm just the voice. I'm not even a person in code. I'm just the voice. I get what I'm saying. And an understanding of him being the voice was very important, right? Because if you go to Genesis, the Bible says, when Adam sinned, said the voice of the Lord walked in the Garden of Eden. The voice of the Lord. Voices don't walk. Voices speak. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. But for a voice to start working, it meant that 
the voice of God is actually a person. Why? Without voice, you cannot get words. And the voice of God is the person of Jesus, who is the word of God. Matthew chapter 3, chapter 1, from the beginning was God, and the word was God, and the word was God. So the voice of God that was walking in Eden was actually Jesus. That was what was walking. And so, John the Baptist comes and says, I am the voice of one, of one saying, prepared where we are. Now, he understood that there was a relationship, there was a relationship between him and Jesus. But no, I am not Jesus. But I am the forerunner, I'm the one that is coming to say, prepare the way. Jesus is the voice of God. I am the voice. I am the following voice to the voice of God. He understood himself. Though I am not the voice of God, but I am the forerunning voice to the voice of God. And that was enough for him. What other privilege would that would be? He understood his identity. And that's the first step of the first stage, uh, in fact, the first manifestation of humility. Uh, looking at John chapter 3, verse 30. John 3, 30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. All right, then look at verse 28 of the same John 3. He says, um, Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. Beautiful. I am not the Christ. I am sent before him. I am not the voice of God. I am a voice before the voice of God. He understood his identity. He knew who he was. And that is the first manifestation of humility. When you say, I know who I am, it's not, it's, it's not a statement of pride. It's actually a statement of humility. In fact, if you don't know who you are, it could actually be a statement, a, 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 it's actually a manifestation of stupidity. And stupidity could be a very major manifestation of pride. Stupid people are very proud people. Foolish people are very proud people. Poor people are very proud people. <laughs> They're very proud. I'm talking from experience. We've seen a lot of them. Poor people, foolish people, very proud, arrogant, and they are talking and talking, and there's nothing to show for it. When you know yourself, is the first manifestation of what? Humility. When people ask me, who are you? I'm a student of the Word of God. And by ministry, I operate in the teaching ministry. You don't call me names, I'm not. You, can, you are fine, you can call me what you think I am. But I know who I am. And I know the grace that is at work in my life. And it keeps me humble to keep it flowing in that grace. You know, to stay by the grace of God consistently in this kind of ministry for decades, at least we should be running for like two, um, two decades, you know, if not more. It takes a lot of humility to stay in this. And humility is a major ingredient for consistency. Proud people are not consistent with anything because their ego always cries. And they're always trying to meet up with what the ego is crying. And ego can be fueled by different things. Like you see in the church today, some people, three, three years ago, they were evangelists. Two years later, they became prophets. <laughs> Yesterday, they were pastors. And they are jumping from here to there. Some, just last week, they were preaching like, like so, 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 this man of God. 
This week now they are preaching like another man of God. Next week they'll start preaching like another man of God. Five years ago they are preaching like another man. So not consider that is is an is 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 it is 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 a manifestation of pride. Humility keeps you on track. It keeps you very much on track because it makes you you are you are called you know your identity. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Yeah, so God's messengers are men. They are men. And this is to keep them God's messengers are men. Not spirits. You know, we've seen people who tell themselves they are spirits. I was watching one who said it is spirits. They, or they convert to angels to do some, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, some yeah. tasks. Some, task. some say they are angels. Some say More of you are saying, I, I get demoted yeah. to do the work yeah, that yeah. God has sent me to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Understanding is powerful. It's very powerful. Angels are ministering spirits for you. It means what? They are servants for you. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are only higher than you when we're talking about the hierarchy of creation. And we're talking about the hierarchy of creation. He said, the Lord said unto my, uh, uh, um, uh, what is man, Samit, what is man that thou hast the son of man that but thou hast come to glory, and thou hast made you lower than the angels. He said, we studied that the word angels there is the Hebrew word Elohim, uh, which is a plural for heavenly beings. Heavenly beings in totality. Which Elohim is a plural for heavenly beings in totality. Because um, uh, other translation says, Heavenly beings, another translation says angels, and then um, the, the King James says Elohim. Then when you go to the middle of the word Elohim, uh, uh, sorry, um, the, the King James says angels, other translation says heavenly beings. And when you look at the word angels in the Hebrew from the King James, it's actually the word Elohim. And Elohim, there is a plural, and the plural is the whole in the question, there is the whole of the heavenly beings, which entails Elohai, Yeshua, Paracletos, to the four elders, the cherubims and seraphims, the, the four beasts, all the spirit beings in heaven, comprised together, is what God just made us a little lower than. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you cannot, um, you cannot isolate angels and say, as it were, they are not higher than us. Because their only level of being higher than us is when they are lumped up with what? With heavenly beings. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the base on which they are higher than us. When they are lumped up with heavenly beings. But remove them from the lump up of heavenly beings. They are ministering spirits for us. So if you have to say you have you became an you are an angel as a as a let's say a man. As a man. A man. As a saint man. Mm-hmm. You have now an angel. Uh, it means you have demoted yourself to a ministering spirit. Are we together? And, and, and hairs are not meant to serve hairs. So when you bring yourself down to the level of mystery spirits, it means that you are an heir that has decided to be serving heirs. It means you are, you, are, you are going out of the order. The order. And God is a God of order. And from the beginning, it was not so. It was not so. Yeah. So, you know, well, some people feel that they are super, super spiritual when they say they are angels. Exactly. But they don't know they are, they are super, I don't know what to call it. You can give the definition. <laughs> With this understanding, praise God. So we are men. And there's a beauty in being a man sent by God. There's honor in it. There's beauty in it. Are you getting what I'm saying? John understood it. Though he was eating locusts and white honey and wearing a... Um, animal skin he was still happy being and living in the forest a man sent by god i could call himself i am the voice not the voice of god but i'm a voice praise god forevermore now the next thing is that um the messenger was sent 
messenger was sent. Now this means that he did not send himself. Are you get what I'm saying? Yes. He didn't send himself. Very important, very critical. He didn't send himself. Um, and this means that he cannot determine what the tax is. When you don't send yourself, you don't determine the tax. Exactly. You know, many of us determine our tax as Christians. You don't determine your tax. If you are sent, you don't determine your tax. You do what you what you are, what you are sent to do. Um, um, I, I remember that I remember when the Lord told me to you know pioneer the work of ministry. I, I, I was a struggle. It was a big fight. Finally, I said. Then the Lord told me start church ministry. I had to drop it. I wrote on a sheet of paper, a white plain paper, and I dropped it on the ground. I said, God, there are many denominations. Why do I have to start? Why do I have to pioneer one? For me, I didn't want it, and I, I really don't want it. Because sometimes when I look at the denominational thing, I like this weight is too much. In fact, leadership on his own in the church of Jesus, the weight is more. I'm just comfortable teaching like this. So it's fun teaching like this. So I'll not be accountable for anybody. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know the funny thing? I'm even accountable for my family. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. You're also accountable for your listeners. Yeah, accountable for your listeners also. Yeah, yeah because if you give them rubbish, you are accountable for it. you're going for it. Yeah. And the Bible says we will give as teachers of the world we'll be giving the strictest judgment. Mm. Are you know what I'm saying? Now, so you see, I, I always had a problem. I didn't want every of that, but I'm sent, I'm a messenger. I don't determine the tax, he determines the tax. So over the years he has determined the tax. And see, when I'm talking about sent ones here, every one of us who have been sent, yeah. He will determine the tax of your life. You know the funny thing? It's going to determine a lot of things about you. Even some things you may not like. It will determine a lot of things about your life. The place you stay. If you really, if you really are sent by the Lord, if you have accepted yourself as one who the Lord has sent, it will determine your location. It will determine your allocation. It will determine your marriage. It will determine your children. It will determine everything. If you are the same. Because everything has to be of your, every aspect of your life is your, has to do with your tax. If you get the wrong location, you will fulfill your tax. That's it. If you get the wrong spouse, you will fulfill your tax. If you marry the wrong spouse and then definitely get the wrong children, you will fulfill your tax. That's it. If you get the wrong allocation, you will fulfill your tax. So it's all about, we must look See, at... See, that, that shows us how interwoven our life is. Yeah. You don't just get married to somebody because... I love the this person. This is how I feel about oh, this I like person. the person I you have to look beyond the two of you. Yeah. You have to look at it. What? Okay, those we bring forth from this union. Yeah. What kind of life can we lead them to live? Yeah. Is this kind? Of, is this kind of life we are thinking about? Is this the kind of life that God would have wanted them? You know. So, uh, because we are not thinking about all these things, this is why we lead our lives and live our lives, you know, recklessly, even as Christians. Yeah. 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 So you think that your future is just about you at worst. It concerns your partner. You know, but rarely do we think of the, the generations we are, we are going to produce. Yeah. And their effects and influence in God's kingdom. Yeah. It's about the tax. It's about the tax. So you don't determine the tax. Actually, um, you must, the tax actually determines you. Mm. Like somebody said, you don't create your vision. Vision actually creates you. Mm. Yeah. You know, and the, what is vision? People have different definition of vision. What you see, what for me, vision is what God saw concerning you before creating you, and has made you, and is now making you see. Jeremiah chapter one verse five: Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before that came out of thy womb, that's my ordained the prophet in nature. That's vision. What God saw concerning you before creating you, and is now making you see it. That's vision. That is why it is progressive. 
Bible says, see at the end of a matter from the beginning. Is that not so? Yeah. So he saw it before creating you. He's making you see it. That, 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 that's the reason why you must seek to know from God what the tax is and do it to the latter. You must keep knowing. You must seek, you must seek to know and you must keep knowing. Now, you know, God gives you the whole picture. That's a vision. But now, he gives you details. That's called direction. Without direction, there will be no fulfillment of vision. So sometimes Christians are comfortable with vision. But don't that. A vision without direction is a fantasy. It's a daydream. Daydream. It's a daydream. It's a daydream. It's a fantasy. I just keep saying, I see myself. I see myself. I see myself. Yeah. And a lot of we have a lot of fantasizing Christians. I see myself. A lot of fantasizing Christians. A lot of daydreaming Christians. What you are saying is is not wrong. Yes, it's actually right. But the details. You know, as a, as a family and as a mission, we began for for, for like one month, if not so, uh, we've been asking the Lord for details, direction, details, details. You know, and when we ask Him for details, we just see Him direct our paths. You need to ask God because the tax is not yours, it's His tax. First, you need to know the tax. Then, secondly, you need to know what the details on how to go about the tax. Because without the details, you cannot carry out the tax in the latter. Are we together? Are we together? Now, um, um, this was what John, um, um, John the Baptist did. Um, same every messenger of God has to do. Are you get what I'm saying? He did. He knew the tax. He carried it out to the last. Are we together? I know messengers of God are new creations. We are all messengers of God. We must do the same. Don't just live life like that. Live life with purpose. Live life with tax mentality. Are you get what I'm saying? tax mentality i have an assignment to fulfill on earth now listen to me very well child of god you didn't just come to earth to um be born go to school get married give birth to children live in a house drive a car and then die that's not all there is to your life are you get what i'm saying you see, I, sorry before you just go ahead you just said the new creation is a is is sent by god yeah. we are all sent by god yeah and yeah. this is this also buttress the reason why at new creation you are, you are not uh, taken out of here. Yeah, yeah. Because you have been sent. So, uh, at New Creation, you are not only uh, adopted to the family, we are also uh, assigned it. Yeah, yes, yeah, also assigned it. You are sent. You get it. You are sent. So, this, we must have this tax mentality. Mm. This tax. That's what you keep us going on. My tax should determine my job. So, just to debate a little, wouldn't it be helpful? You know, if after the prayer of salvation, we also make uh, people begin to make prayers of Lord, reveal to me my task. Exactly. As yeah. as as a new creature. Yeah, yeah. Reveal to me my task. Yeah. How? What do you want me to do for your kingdom? Exactly. Here on earth. Exactly. For the time you will let me be. Exactly. You see, if this is bigger than joining a service unit in church. Yes. We have limited um, the tax of the new creation to joining a service, service unit in church. church. Or exactly. going for evangelism. Exactly. That's what we have limited into. But it's bigger than that. That's so that's why. Okay, sorry. I think I'm rushing it too much. But I think that is why we are still finding it hard to fit into the environment. Exactly. Fitting into our secular, into the secular, uh, you know, system. Yeah. Because we feel that as sent ones, we are only sent in the, you know, Christian um, system. You know, which which takes us to church. Yeah. But. 
you, you, you are on earth. You are not placed only in a body or in a community. Yeah. You are on earth. So there's an assignment for the earth. Jesus said it this way. I send you, he said, I send you a sheep in the midst of wolves. Mm. Why? Because you are to interact there. Mm. Then he says, be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. The wisdom of a serpent and the harmlessness of a dove is the act of interacting mm. in the earth. That's the act of the center. And that is, you can only do that successfully when you understand your tax. If you don't understand your tax, you will not do that successfully. You see, because we have limited this into, oh, join a service unit in Georgia, in Mate, you see Christians, they do very well in their service unit. Exactly. When they get home, they become yeah, totally something else. Something different. When they get to the place of work, there's something else. Because it's just join a service unit. And now, we now make it feel that if you're not in a service unit, you are not actually carrying out your tax. That, and this has made, okay, so that means, if you go to the church, it's only a percentage, a little percentage that's actually in service units. Yeah, it's still a little percentage. It's still a little percentage. Mm-hmm. The music team, whatever. A larger percentage are on the pews. Yeah. So what then happens to the tax for those on the pews? This is a major issue. That's why Jesus did not send us, send us into service unit. He sent us to the as world. lights. As lights of the world and as salt of the earth. But as light of the world and salt of the earth, he told us we are we are as sheep, endangered species in the midst of what? Wolves. Now for us to survive as endangered species and see character attacks, we must then become what? As wise as serpent and as harmless as do. So we're actually not sent to the church body, we're actually sent to the world. That's where we are sent to. That is actually what our tax is. But if we keep doing it, you get born again, you do um, um, foundational school, then the next thing you join the services, then that shows you are carrying out your tax. That's the limitation. How long does it take us to engraft a lot of people into um, um, foundation school and then the service units? You see that it, it, no matter how much you have tried, there are still much that are out there. We need to start making them understand that even in the pew you have a tax. Yeah. Our tax is more out than in the gathering. And if we see our tax from the way Jesus sent us, like we've said, is sheep in the midst of hope, then we're going to make more impact than what we are doing when we gather together. And you see, we'll be more concerned about our our uh, reflection of Christ Jesus to yeah. the world. Yeah. You know? yeah. And 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 reduce the or eliminate the hypocritical lifestyle we live amongst ourselves, amongst as, ourselves believers. as believers. Yeah. All right. Uh, you see, the new creation is a messenger. That is the sent one of God. Let's look at Matthew ten verse sixteen. It says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Jesus being there, I send you forth as what? We've said as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore what? Wise as serpent, harmless as, as doves. We have been sent as endangered species. It's one of the Christians don't understand that we are endangered species. But the only way to survive in this cruel world 
that we've been sent to. It's the wisdom of the serpent and the word. Gentleness also do. And then Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark 16, and he said unto them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, he says, it is what he said, there, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we are majorly sent to preach. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not majorly sent to join a service unit. Are you getting me? These are not bad ideas. They are very good. We are majorly sent to preach. And how do we preach? We preach in every way possible. For you, you don't need to have a pulpit to preach. Your life is the first message to be preached. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then every other means possible to preach. We preach. We've been sent to preach. Praise God forevermore. All right. Finally, the messenger was from God. That is the final thing. He was from what? God. Um, thus, he was not from man. Are we together? This is very important because um, this is a very this is what sums it all up. This is what sums it all up. It's very important for us. He was not from man. He was from God. He was from God. Now, due to this, man could not and should not in any way determine the tax and the message of the messenger from God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Man should not determine the message of the messenger. Man cannot determine the message of the messenger. Over the years in, um, um, in this missions field, they have tried, men have tried to determine the message that God sent us to preach. But they have failed at that. I'm not telling you it's easy. It's been with a lot of challenges. You've got to trust God, live by faith to be able to do that. But man can, if you are from God, He is the one who gives you the message. Man cannot determine the message. Man cannot even edit the message. You can't even, you yourself, the message cannot edit the message. You have to give it verbatim. Let alone then one man coming somewhere trying to determine the message or edit the message or refine the message. No, it's not done. Are we together? Praise God for Also, the messenger should not be afraid of men. Should not be afraid of men. Are we together? Yeah. Same way John the Baptist was not afraid of men. He was not afraid. His fearlessness was what made him talk about Herod, Herodias, his also. Yeah. And it costed him his life. But still at that, he was not afraid. Should not be afraid of men when you are, you are a messenger from God. When God gives you a message, you must not be afraid. We teach the word of God plainly as it is. People reject the truth over the years. In this mission, field, they don't like the truth, they judge truth. But I'm not afraid of men. I'm not afraid to lose relationship because you don't like what I'm preaching, or because you want to edit what I'm preaching, or refine what I'm preaching. No, I'm not afraid of you. The messenger is from God. The message is from God. The messenger is not to be afraid of men. John was not afraid. We are not meant to be what? Afraid, afraid of men. Are we together? Yes. All right. Now, so same way God told Jeremiah not to be afraid of the faces of people. We are not to be afraid of the faces of people. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 8. Look at that. <laughs> Jeremiah 1 verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Alright, you see, one of the challenges you have when you are preaching God's word is the faces of people. Mm. Yeah, are, I, 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 I'm talking from experience. It's the faces of people. But don't about being afraid of their faces here. There are different manifestations of the fear of their faces. Mm. Um, there's a manifestation of you want to make them happy. Mm-hmm. 
I remember then when I used to look at the people's faces when I'm preaching, I'm like, oh, it's like they're not happy enough. And I'll try to excite them before they start. It's all new to me. Am I not saying it to you? Am I not saying it to you? Even in the secular, they tell us when you do presentation, yeah. you look above their heads, don't, look, look, at, at don't look at their faces. Because some, some have been trying to pass it, a, you know, a wrong message to yeah. you, and then before you know, it takes you off balance and yeah. takes you off from what you're meant to be presenting. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, you're not to be afraid of their face as a messenger. You're not afraid of their faces. You don't look at their faces. First, don't look at their faces. If you mistakenly look at their faces, don't be afraid of their faces. Are you getting what I'm saying? It reminds of a man of God who said, he used to always be afraid of, there were some people in the, in the church there when he was a young pastor. <laughs> he said, when you see their face, when you see their face alone, you are jittering. He said, because of their face, he used to always drink a lot. When he stands to preach, his mouth, his tongue always gets dry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he used to drink a lot of water when he used to preach and they were like what is wrong with him a young man like this drinking so much water <laughs> he said they will always criticize everything he does and today so that now the thing is a young man is drinking so much water he said but it was their faces so it was their faces when he looks at their faces all the saliva is about to dry <laughs> he said it was actually just one day forgot his teaching note at home and he came to church hey when he saw their faces he said he ran back home quickly to go and get the teaching note some of the challenges you face it takes a lot of um courage and faith in god to not be afraid of the faces amen to jesus amen okay so the new creation is a messenger from god so no man should determine our message and we are not to be afraid of the faces of men this was what john see even the scripture you gave us in matthew chapter 10 uh, but we read verse um, 16 yeah, that's for us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Okay. Verse 17 says, Beware, but beware of men, mm. not fear men. Mm-mm. Beware of men, meaning yeah. beware of men as wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, going for that, telling them about um, how councils will come against them, uh, governors and kings, they will have to be before them. And then he says something in verse 19, he says, But where you, they deliver you up. Take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in the same hour what ye shall speak. Yeah, yeah. So you see the the, the wisdom of serpents and the harmlessness of dove. That strategy is is all encompassing. It's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. When to shut up and when to speak. Exactly. It's part of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. knowing that you are a sheep and a gender species, like you say, in the midst of wolves, yeah. we have to know how to release, you know, words from our mouth. Wait until there's a there's a nudging from within. Yeah. You know, until the Holy Spirit is leading you. Yeah. Don't just speak because others are speaking. Yeah. Because as a new creature, you'll be a, you'll be the target. You'll be the target. Others can what be throwing that? stones, but once you throw stones, your stone will be it will be a mountain to them. Exactly. Even if it's the smallest stone. Exactly. As far as you are the new creature, as far as you are a sheep, they'll come after you. So you have to be, we have to be wise and apply this wisdom that Christ Jesus gave us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, this, 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 this is um, a very important lesson for every one of us uh, as children of God. This is for the new creation. It talks about a man sent from God. Every new creation is that a man sent from God. Are you get what I'm saying? It didn't say man of God, it said a man from God. Are you get what I'm saying? Every new creature is a man from God. Are you get what I'm saying? And then as we stay in the world, as we uh, as we become more studious in the world and grow in faith, we are counted as 
men, men of God yes. because we become men of, we have to be given double honor. Mm. I get what I'm saying now. So, but we start as men from God and then we grow into men, men of God. God. Hallelujah to Jesus, mm. amen. So, let's let's see ourselves in the right perspective. That's true humility. See yourself rightly, it's true humility. See yourself wrongly, cried, amen. To just say, Well, I am a man from God. Um, as, as you keep growing in the word of God, you see that it's, it's working in your life, you know that you are a man of God. Are you know what I'm saying? And you are seeing the word working in your life and it's growing in you, growing in your family, growing everywhere. You are a man of God. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm a man of God. It's knowing, because you know your identity, you say it, that is not pride. I know I'm a man of God. I don't, it's not any sense of pride. I am a man of God. Amen to Jesus. Amen. But firstly, I'm a man from God. That's what immigration is. All right. Believe we're blessed. And we thank God for such a great time in God's presence. Thank you. God bless you. Praise to you. Amen. out there you've not made jesus your lord and personal savior um i would want to invite you to make this decision is the best decision you can make in your life and i encourage you to do it now if you want to make this decision please say this prayer after me dear lord jesus i come to you today i know that i'm a sinner i know that you died for me and on calvary's tree you shed your blood to take away my sins jesus i surrender my life to you today i make you my lord and personal savior because you chose me, I choose to serve and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray for you, Lord. I pray for everyone who has made this decision. Thank you for receiving them in the beloved. And thank you for giving them the grace to serve and follow you all the days of their life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, thanks for listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast. We believe that you've been blessed via this episode. We request that you also remain connected to us via our other social media handles on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and YouTube. We are Grace Life Komi on all these platforms. Also, for more information about the ministry of Pastor Chimri and Funke Oahuna, kindly visit chimrioahunaministry.org. You can also send us your requests and testimonies via email today through chimdiwahunaministry at gmail.com. We are dedicated to feeding your spirit man with spiritual meals that we edify, equip, and engender your growth in the knowledge of God. Remain connected to Grace Life Komi. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.